But yeah, we watched Sequest and then we watched Sliders. I remember Sliders also as kind of being one of those Channel 11 shows. Was that good too? Uh, Sliders started good and then Sliders went off the rails. So what, how is Sliders different from Quantum Leap? Uh, in Sliders, they're not leaping into people's bodies. They're leaping into parallel dimensions. Oh. Oh, it's parallel dimensions, not time travel. Yeah, like the first, I think like the first episode of Sliders, they go into a world where America lost the Cold War. Okay. And then there's also one where they just go to a world that's female-dominated. And there's one bit of it that's always bothered me. Where they... Well, now you're going to have to say it. So, they're looking at the TV. And they're talking about President Clinton. And then the big reveal is, oh, it's Hillary. And then it's like, wait, if it's a female-dominated world, why is she still taking his last name? Huh. Yeah. Wait a minute. (laughs) That's a good point. Damn, you just blew my mind here. Now we gotta do a wrestling show, so I don't have to consider the ramifications of this. (laughs) This week... Snow is falling and winter is coming, so let's warm ourselves up with new episodes of AEW Dynamite and NXT and all of our coverage of them. And also, perhaps we can keep ourselves warm with a nice, cozy fire over the smoldering corpse that is Ring of Honor. All this and more tonight on Heel Alternative. One and all, it is Wednesday, December 11th, 2019, and welcome to episode 11 of Heal Alternative, Pro Wrestling.cool's Posse podcast, where we cover AEW, NXT, and the other happenings in the wide world of professional wrestling outside of Vince's purview. Heck of a show for y'all tonight. Uh, I don't know. Look, I've been, I'm your host, John Garretsky Maxwell, and let me just set things up right here for y'all. Uh, it's been a fucking, like, long week for all of us here like we're just kind of tired and things are all going wrong and like we're you know been podcasting forever and ever and ever because we're doing things that we you know can't talk about because we have to keep kayfabe and pretend like we're doing them live but we're totally not like spending hours upon hours doing fucking end of the year shit i swear uh so yeah it's just me and Oscar this week. Oscar Bernard. Yeah, how's it going? I'm tired. You? Tired as well. We shouldn't have done that thing we did last night. No, we shouldn't have. There were a lot of mistakes made last night. Yeah. Yeah. Most of them involving invisible people. Yeah. Speaking of garbage. But anyway, speaking of of not getting what we want, um, let's talk about wrestling. 
Wrestling was mostly good this week. Yeah, no, sorry. That was that was me being in the mode of fucking of the the Monday show. Yeah, no, there was <laughs> there was um there was some good stuff this week. Yeah, no, um, actually, like yeah, NXT and AEW both delivered like some pretty fun stuff. Also, we should probably mention here, uh, Trace Evans. He can't make it tonight because shit happened with his real life and he couldn't watch the shows, so he's. He's doing his thing. We love you, Trace. See you soon. Also, um, I'm just going to say, even on the bad show, it was a good version of that one. Yeah, you know, it it was a decent episode of the worst show on television. I'll give you that. (laughs) Yeah. But anyway. Still had two of the fucking Dirt War segments, but that's for Monday. Yeah, I mean, look, that's... It's raw. That's just going to happen. It's When you're in Vince Land, Vince Land is going to do what Vince Land's going to do. But we should talk about some actually bad wrestling before we get to the good wrestling. We should talk about, boy, oh boy, the fact that Ring of Honor sure continues to exist in horrible ways that make me upset and I wish they would stop. So... How much have you heard about Joey Mercury's late of missive against this wonderful company that's doing such great stuff? I have been following it here and there. A lot has come out that I feel like I've missed. Like, I know the stuff about how they fired their women's champion while she was still champion because she did something to call someone else out, I think. It was the um, fact that she called out uh, the fact that they basically f- tried to make her work with a concussion. And, that's it. And that and it was basically Joey Merc. And what happened was basically that Joey Mercury put them on blast about it, and uh, Kel- Kelly Klein defended him. And I saw that they have like no medical staff. It's true. All of their stuff is bad, and everything about them is on completely on fire. If you want to hear more about that, uh, Trace and I, uh, and, and I believe you were there too, uh, did a big in-depth look at that on, I believe it was episode six of uh, The Alternative. So, yeah, go check out episode six. That was, uh, we talked a lot about that and everything going on there and how it's all bad. But we have a new wrinkle on this because uh, Joey Mercury is basically just continuing to decide that he is just going to burn this entire motherfucker down because fuck him. Uh, leaking more text between him and uh, Greg Jill- Jilland, uh the fucking head of Ring of Honor, including a list of all the people that they intend to cut in, tw- in January 2020. Do tell. So, there are two names that are blocked out here. I and you know, there's some of them that I don't really recognize just because I don't admittedly follow that much Ring of Honor. Uh, so you're gonna have to help me out here, maybe with some of them. But I do know a bunch of them, and boy, wow, what the fuck is this company even gonna be if we get rid of all of them? So here are the names that they're going that they are planning on cutting. Brody King. Uh, this one, however, is marked as conditional. They don't explain why, but I mean, come on, you can fill in, the, connect the dots here. Basically, they're gonna fire Brody King if if Marty Skrull leaves. Which I mean, I hate to say it, he doesn't have a point to be there without Marty Skrull. 
I agree, but also Brody King is fucking rad. I I really like him. Oh, I I agree, but like he deserves better than being in fucking Ring of Honor. I watched him do a lip sync of Bad Romance against Chris Wolf. It's pretty good. He's a cool he, he guy. Definitely de- he definitely deserves better than to be in Ring of Honor. He really does. Go back to MLW or shit. If if Skrull's really going to AEW, fucking go with him. Become the new villain Enterprises. Let's fucking go. But Brody King is not the only person on this list the because we also the have the Brody. Maybe we also have Colt Cabana. I forgot he was Rhett. still employed with Ring of Honor. I mean, yeah, he does a lot of shit for them. He does like commentary for them sometimes, like. You know, granted, I guess it is easy to forget that when he's like, isn't he the the NWA, like, North American champion or whatever, the national champion, whatever the fuck it is? Yeah, he's involved with or NWA. Did, did he lose that? Um, yeah. I think he lost it, but uh, he's still involved. He, from what I understand, he's still involved with NWA. But I don't know what the yeah, nature he, of, I def- like, he definitely is, I think. I don't know what the nature of, like, NWA is, any like... Fuck man, I don't Who know what fucking say. Anyway, other names that they're consi- that they're planning on cutting: Shane Taylor, who like Joey Mercury had already kind of mentioned this before, so we knew that. Uh, TK Ryan, who you may know is one of the members of Kingdom, uh, Matt Taven's fucking group, uh, who also it's rumored that like. They talked about in one of the leaks, in, like, one of the Jerry Mercury things, like, there was someone that, because of their lack of a concussion protocol, like, he got a really bad concussion earlier in the year, and it, like, it just kind of changed him, and he's been, like, different ever since, and, like, prone to, like, weird mood swings and things that never happened before. Uh, We don't really know who it is, but the rumor has always been that it's uh, TK Orion, who has been out for a while. So, what the fuck? They're gonna cut him. Also, uh, Hot Sauce Tracy Williams, who, he's really talented. What the fuck? And, perhaps, most cutting to me, they want to fire the motherfucking boys. What the fuck? Yeah. Don't you dare say a derogatory thing about Dalton Castle's boys. I, I wish I still cared about Dalton Castle. I mean, to be fair, I wish I still cared about Ring of Honor, but I feel like for everybody that is sticking with that, like, your time has passed. That's why you're here in Ring of Honor. Sup, Bully Ray? It's it's really sad what Ring of Honor has become. It is, and it, it kind of makes me just depressed to keep talking about it. So let's move on, because fuck Ring of Honor. This shit is terrible. But you yeah. know what isn't terrible, Oscar? A show that I know you watched, which is AEW Dynamite. I did watch AEW Dynamite, and it was good. It wasn't the best yeah. one. Like, there have been better episodes of Dynamite, but, like, this this was an enjoyable two hours of television. Well, fuck yeah. Tell me about it. Let's go. Um, Mox is just squashing dudes. That's cool. And then, yeah, so who was this guy that he squashed? 
I didn't catch it. I'm assuming some Texas indie wrestler. Hmm. Like, um, I saw that this match was happening and then just, you know, was paying attention to what was going on on uh, NXT. So I kind of missed it and then an tuned back in the, when... He didn't get an intro on the show. The show started with Moxley's intro. One thing I did notice, though, was that they did begin with... Uh, by talking about how Moxley has the uh, the quickest victory in the company's history at the moment, that's kind of cool. That's that's cool, and I like I like. Look, I'm a big fan of squash matches on television. I think it's a good way for you to keep people winning without having to sacrifice your other talent that you would like to keep winning. Fuck yeah! No, I think look. And besides, it gives them a fucking excuse to show off Moxley, and that's always, you know, welcome. And it was a good way to get us into the next segment, which, you know, I saw that and I enjoyed it. And I do want to note here that you did write in the notes, and I completely agree with it. Chris Jericho does have a baller jacket. Yeah. Um, That shit was gold. I thought it was a really interesting bit where it's like, I could see them doing a Moxley heel turn just because they have so many faces. Yeah, perhaps. I I don't I don't see it happening, but I like, don't look, I realistically don't see it happening either just cuz I don't think he fits in with whatever the fucking weird party boy bullshit that the inner circle is. But um, unless they're trying to make Inner Circle like NWO and make it WWE Invaders. But I also do really like that, like, they it's Chris Jericho doing something interesting and doing something smart. Like, of course he's going to try and get, like, the person that's basically the, the top-ranked number one contender on his side so that he's not going to challenge him. Of course he's going to try and butter him up like that. Like, it's fucking Chris Jericho. He's a dick. That's what he does. I, and all while wearing this sparkly fucking gold jacket. I really liked that they uh, mentioned their history as well. Like, I like that they're Yeah, absolutely. Not, I like that they're not afraid to bring up the fact that, hey, we did shit in a different company. Yeah, they're not shying away from it while also not making it the focus. It's like they're they're saying, hey, look at our past and let's, like, look at all the things we did. But, like, it's what's more important is the future. Yeah. Also, to to credit the fact that fucking Jericho can get anything over, man, Jericho really made me want to go back and rewatch that Ambrose Asylum match. Yeah, absolutely. Even like, though it's like deep down in my heart, I'm like, no, this match fucking sucked. Hey, it did have that spot where he took the sixty nine tax. Good spot. <laughs> that was a good spot. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, Jericho makes you, Jericho believes it, and he makes you believe it. Jericho's fucking great at this shit. One could argue he is one of the best wrestlers of the year. I mean, you could argue that. For an extended period of time. Very heatedly. Um... Then they had um, 
I've, I've laughed a lot at Cody's entrance this week. Just because Cody doing his regular ass entrance and then just in the middle of all this pyro, QG Marshall just like randomly be like, hey, I'm here. It's like, hey, check it out. I got an apple. And then he throws the apple and Cody catches it and he takes a bite out of it. He spits in the face. And he's like, where's my apple? don't want to be cool. Well, yeah, because Cody is the fucking epitome of cool. Like, it does blow my mind still just how fucking over Cody is. Yeah. It's like just the lights go out for his entrance and people are fucking losing their mind. He by making himself more so than any of the other of than the rest of the elite. Like he's really made himself like AEW is my baby. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's going to endear that's in very endearing to an AEW fan base. Yeah, I suppose so. But what I, just, I don't know. There's something there's something about him just the way that he sells it, the way that he's like, you know, really able to just grab that fucking audience and just never let him go. Like he's a master at it. Like and and granted I don't think that like I still think the best is yet to come from Cody, but the fact that he's able to pull this shit off right now, holy fuck. Especially when he's booked himself to a corner with this whole, I can't challenge for the title again, whoops. Speaking, though, of things that, um... Speaking of being the master of things, or maybe being not the master of things... What yeah, the fuck? Yeah, we need to talk about... This fucking technical shit on this show was so bad tonight. Yeah, like, there are definitely, and we should definitely say that there were some messy things uh, that were across, like, all the regions here, but, like, it was especially bad for you because, like, TSN just kept fucking up the feed or something, right? Yeah, the there were at least four times tonight that TSN just still kept playing audio, but just cut to black. That's so weird. Uh... Which, yeah, made it, which, you know, not to spoil anything, but made it kind of funny during the Tully thing where you're like, oh, fuck, is this another mess? Is this another feed cut? Is this another? uh, Oh, wait, this is intentional. Yeah. But, like, fuck. Um, this was egregiously bad. that's really bad. This was, like, especially bad during the commercial picture-in-picture because they still Mm. had the picture-in-picture up, but just a black screen. So, oh, cool. Thanks, guys. So I was just watching a smaller Dr. Ho commercial, because that's, like, the only commercial that airs during Dynamite. Sure. And, God. Like, what the fuck, TSN? Maybe this is why all the other sports have, like, left your network. Yeah. What the fuck, TSN? But also... What the fuck AEW? Because there was definitely some things that they messed up here. So, I'm, I'm not wrong. Like, the MJF uh, inlay promo was totally inaudible for you, right? Yeah, it, it was definitely... They, they fucked up the miking on it for, like, the first couple seconds. I like, want to know how you can fuck up a pre-recorded promo. You just don't do the levels right. 
You just don't fucking switch the switch the the audio to the re- pre-recorded thing that's playing fast enough. God. Like I know I've tried to defend them before against the whole like, oh well they are a new company and like yeah, it's way more competent than it should be for a company this small, but also like God fucking damn it, you cannot where you can't keep doing this. They still haven't fixed the fact that the entrance music sounds like shit. You know, they the miking consistently week to week is all over the place. Mm. Like, what the yeah, f- it's on one hand, it's like again, they are a brand new promotion. They are doing all this. You know, they're they're still figuring out as they go. Like, I get it, and I'm still willing to give them the, a pass in some aspects, but I still completely agree with you. Like, at this point, it's it's week 11. Like, you gotta put in more of a fucking effort here. Like, you've been, you've been on the air at this point for more than two months. Yeah. Um, I think by the time their next pay-per-view comes around... If they have not fixed all of this by... Because their next pay-per-view is February... is leap year. Leap day, right? Lethal leap year? So, like... Yeah, the next pay-per-view is on the 29th. Fucking stealing Southpaw Regional Wrestling content here. It's fucked up. Stealing... Stealing World Wrestling All-Stars content, which is less fucked up. Because fuck them. Yeah, fuck them. They they deserve that. Fuck. But yeah, this is actual news. Hey, AEW's next pay per view, AEW Revolution in Chicago. Sure, that's a name. Which, like, sure is. So, is All Out Two still going to be in Chicago again? Or I don't know. So I was at first. I was like. Huh, you're doing another show in Chicago? That seems kind of... It seems like you're kind of doing a lot of these. I don't know. But then when they when they announced that it's it's related to... Uh, or it's connected to C2E2 that's happening there at the same time, that actually makes a lot of sense and it's pretty smart of them. What's C2E2? It's a big uh, comedy festival and, uh, and other media festival. It's it's kind of it, in a lot of ways it would be equivalent to them like doing a show at South by Southwest. Okay. So this is this is perhaps pretty smart branding on their part. Um. Again, like I wonder, are, is there going to be another CEO show? Is there going to be? Is there going to be another fight for the fallen? It's a good question. Um. Yeah, it's C two E two is basically Chicago's Comic Con. All right, but my point is basically, I think if by the time the pay per view comes around, they still because that'll be six months then. Yeah, yeah, like half a year of this shit. You have TNT at your disposal. That they do, like. I remember, like, I remember the whole thing with WCW, and maybe this is true as well, but, like, wasn't the whole thing with WCW where, like, yeah, they had great production values because the TNT guys were doing it, 
Um, it's just that once, it's just that if they were going up against like basketball or a different sport that TNT covered, all those production guys were off covering that and the show went to shit. Yeah, a little bit, you know, but, but that's also the part of the benefit there is that, you know, it's, I think it's a little bit different when it's like AEW is probably doing it themselves. It's their own production people that they've hired. It's their own stuff that's in house. Whereas with TNT, like... Yeah, TNT was able was able to give them all those resources for the wrestling show, but they also had a vested interest in it because they owned the wrestling show. The wrestling show was part of the same company as them. True. But yeah, it's just I don't I don't want to harp on too much about the production value. For the, I don't want to harp on too much about the production values for this stuff because we'll be here all night and it's this is already kind of going into a formless discussion. Sure. Wait, that implies it had a form to begin with. True. I'd like to have somewhat of a form on this show. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, just... I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. No, like, but you do know, and you said it exactly. It's that, like, it's a bummer to see that they're not, like, that they can't just get it all the way right. Like, when they clearly have the tools and they clearly have the ability to do it, like, they have the resources. Like, and and yeah, this shit is hard, but, like, they have the resources. They've been getting it good enough lately and so far that, like, the parts where it's not, still not really connecting, it's kind of like... Come on, you've you've been at this for over two months. What's what's going on, guys? Maybe they need to tie themselves to a university that does film production. Yeah, then they'll just have like a a constant permanent stream of uh, of children that have dedicated their signed their lives away to for profit colleges that don't guarantee them job placement or anything and free interns. Hell yeah. In the beautiful state of Florida. Hey, there's no income tax in Florida. I'm fully aware that that, that's why a lot of sports people live there. Also, (laughs) that you can get tax breaks for being a professional athlete. Damn, I gotta live in Florida. That's why all the wrestlers live in Florida. Um, so yeah, this technical shit wasn't cool, but you know what was cool? QT Marshall. What's that? Yeah, no, wait. I so yeah, this is definitely like one of the the few matches uh Cody Cody and Cutie Marshall versus the Blade and the Butcher with the Bunny. Uh one of the few matches that I was definitely really paying attention to on this episode uh you know in between my just watching a lot of NXT and like yeah, what the fuck? QT Marshall like kind of just came out of nowhere like, "Oh, wait, shit. He's really good." Like, um, I wonder if he is signed or if it's legit where it's like, no, he's an indie guy that we brought in for this one thing. Kenny Marshall? No, he's, he's definitely done some jobber stuff before. My understanding is that like, he's basically, he's, he's Cody's Brandon Cutler. Okay. Yeah. Like QT is to Cody what Brandon is to the young bucks. Sure. But I think that, like, he also 
like I think QT also like has his own school and maybe does some like some training of some people on the side. I think Trace had mentioned before. So the one thing I felt that was that made it hard for me to get into this match was the story being that MJF hand selected this partner for him, and it's just like. So when's QT Marshall going to turn on Cody? See, I I didn't think that was going to happen. I, I more thought it was like, and again, maybe that's because I remember that match that was like those two, and like QT and like two of the, the other jobber te- like tag teams that they usually use a bunch versus like, I think it was like the Elite or like Jurassic Express or something. Like, so I've seen QT Marshall before. I had known, like, oh, okay, he's he's Brandon Cutler level. So, like, there's it's not that he's going to turn on him. It's that he's going to be a total can and Cody's going to get his fucking ass kicked. And there's no way he's going to win. So, yeah, when QT just start, starts pulling it out, it's like, oh, wait, what? I mean, there's no way that this isn't still going to go exactly how we know it's going to go. But wait, what? And then MJF cut a promo, that. which the only thing I had marked down here was fuck MJF. Fuck MJF. He's the best at his job. Fuck him. Yeah. Um, also, also, he said honky on TV. Yeah. Which, which, hey, we can say that apparently. You can always say that. I mean, you know, look, there are worse racial slurs. I mean, look, let's just be honest here, Oscar. It's assaulting white people. That's fine. True. If you're, um, if, if you're calling someone a honky, it's probably because they're doing some honky shit. Yeah, fair enough. Um... Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I also just wanted to mention uh, Butcher Blade and Bunny are really good. Yeah, they are really good. Like I was, I was surprisingly into it. I, I, um, the couple times that I've checked out some Smash stuff, I've seen them, mm-hmm. and I remember thinking these guys are pretty cool. They're still pretty cool. Blade's got that cool mask. I like it a lot. Yeah. The, the butcher Butcher in, looks like Teddy Roosevelt. He's in fucking Every Time I Die. What is he doing Every Time I Die? He's the guitarist. Damn. Yeah. Does he have time to fucking wrestle? He, he actively tours and wrestles at the same time. I mean, I guess that's also just being Action Bronson. I mean, the answer is have him feud with Chris Jericho, you cowards. Yeah, okay. Every time I die versus Fozzie. The, the real fight. Yeah, okay. Make that the War Games match. <laughs> I'd, I'd actually be pretty fucking into that, <laughs> not gonna lie. But yeah, Butcher the Blade won because, of course, they're gonna fucking win. Like, no shit. But it was cool. 
And then um, QT Marshall just kind of died and disappeared. Yeah. So yeah, so that MJF Cody promo, was all like, I don't have friends, I'm sad. He has a friend though. It's his it's his it's our good goth boy. He's half dead, but the half that's alive has nothing but love for Cody. It's so sweet. <laughs> Um, yeah, to go back to that MJF MJF promo, um, I just want to call out one other production thing that's been bothering me, and this is not something I can lay on the feet of AEW. Stop fucking censoring the crowd. Yeah, I wonder what they were chanting at him. Probably fuck you MJF or something. Hmm. But like... We, it, the promo was basically completely gone because they were c- trying to cut out that chant. Yep. It's all it's I have. Kind to say. of fucked up. It's kind of all I have to they say. They got it. Like, that. and I will say that, like, you know, they they should take it. I hate to give them credit here. They should take a page out of fucking SmackDown's book. Like, as. As annoying as it is that SmackDown has gotten way more, like, trigger-happy on censoring shit, which, I mean, I guess they have to because they're on network television. You literally, you can't have people chanting holy shit on network television. But, like, they found a really good way around it of, like, they they don't censor the commentary. They don't censor, like, the people that you need to hear. Whereas, yeah, yeah. MJF was talking for, like, a second, and we, I don't know what he said. The only reason I was able to pick up what he said is because the closed captioning was still saying it. Mm. (sighs) Sorry. Thank you. Um. Yeah. Yeah, like, it feels like they don't, it feels like they only have one feed for audio. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. They should figure it out, though. They gotta figure it out. You know what they have figured out, though? What's that? The fucking Dark Order. Oh, God, they have. These fucking videos for the Dark Order are just getting more and more esoteric, but also, like, more and more interesting. This is like them doing the good shit from, from being the elite. Like, they're finally actually fucking figuring it out. Like, and I will say, like, this was an episode where, like, they actually did a good job of, like, having some storytelling and, like, building up segments and things. Like, they had, like, an actual in-ring promo from fucking MJF. They had, like, the build-up for, you know, the main event with that, like, little video of, like, Excalibur talking about it. And just, like, you know, with, like, the shots of the the prop you know, PMP promo that apparently they did last week that I don't remember. You know, and also really, the the other one. You know, and really also this, cool which about them building up holy that main fuck. event match. Yeah, exactly. What was really cool is in Canada they showed it completely in the commercial break in that picture picture window. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. That's fucking bullshit. Yeah, I'm just looking. I'm like, oh, Santana and Ortiz are yelling. I sure that wish I... fucking... What? That, that, that was part of the, the broadcast for, for America. Holy fuck. That's terrible. I saw the same fuck fucking is TSN ad doing? for Dr. Ho. 
what the fuck is TSN doing? Every like, that was a thing. It was, like, literally they had fucking Excalibur, like, talking about, like, basically Excalibur is to the Bucks what Shivani is to Cody. Yeah. A lot of analogies tonight. So half of that promo was shown, and then they cut to commercial during it. Fuck you, TSN. Fuck you, Dr. Ho. I saw your ad five times tonight. Alright, I'm gonna bite. What's Dr. Ho? It's, um... It's the... It it, it works really well. I just want to say that. Like, I've used it. It works really well. It's basically... It's this, like... These, like... You sold out. You sold out. It's these, like, electric pads that you put on your joints, and it, like, provides some sort of jolt that makes your joints feel better. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I've... I've, I know of, of things like that. The, the Dr. Ho has been on... Inf- like th- I think this same infomercial has been airing since like the late 90s. That's pretty cool. Like that... I'm pretty the, into that. The fucking Ron Popeil knives. Yo, I could go for some knives. Um... But yeah, no... Oh, the, I could also go for some Dark Order. This, As can this Alex guy of the Beaver Boys... I am very intrigued by the idea of, I'm very intrigued by the idea of, like, yo, what if they do a jobbers, like, what if all those creepers are just, like, the jobbers that AEW uses? Yeah, why not? Fucking and go they for do it. An it actual great. story with the jobbers. Do it, you cowards. Um, some sort of squad, if you will. I don't know. What could it possibly be? It's some kind of new world order? Have have Alex come out with a head. <laughs> have him come out to that prodigy song. I, I would I would be really into him coming out to breathe. It's a good fucking... Man, I've been watching some Reese dub, and holy shit, Al Snow was over. Right? And that fucking entrance is just amazing! Like, what the fuck? I did not know Al Snow was ever that over. Yeah! Like, you watch... Like, seriously, you watch that, and you just see how fucking good he looks, how well he's fucking wrestling. It's like, wait, what? How the fuck was he Job Squad then? Like, he could have been actually something fucking legitimate. Yeah. Whatever, man. Those Mick Foley jokes are really funny. Well, yeah. They are. Uh, you know what else anyway. was a step in the right direction? I, or a continued step in the right direction? The women's division tonight was really good. Yeah, no, there was. I mean, hey, it it helps that, you know, you're putting a fucking big spotlight on Big Swole, who's fucking rad. Although, can we talk about that one really weird line on the fucking commentary? Just one tonight? I mean, there are a lot of them, sure, there always are. But what the fuck was going on when, when... Fucking Tony Schiavone yelled, I love a good Roman knuckle, Greco-Roman knuckle lock. (laughs) Is that a 
masturbation thing? I'd like to think so. Who knows? I feel maybe, like that was some kind of five knuckle shuffle shit. Maybe, maybe Tony Schiavone is whacking it on the table. I mean, he is Big Dick Tony. At least JR didn't say something racist tonight. I want to believe that he got a, a good yelling at after the last time that Emi Sakura was out. Yeah. Um, you pointed this out, and I kind of agree. I still don't like Emi Sakura's gimmick. But, yeah, she's doing better. She understands the face heel dynamics a little more. Yeah, she, it seems like she's definitely getting better at that. And I'll agree with you that, like, her whole weird Freddie, you know, what if Freddie Mercury, but, like, a Japanese lady thing is, it's still kind of a strange gimmick for, like, this heel character. But at least she's finding a way to make it work for herself and kind of, and like leaning into like, you know, doing things like I'm going to throw you by your hair. I'm going to like paintbrush you and scratch your back and do like weird jerk shit for no reason. Yeah. She's starting to get the psychology of like American heel of heel face dynamics more. And I appreciate that. I guess don't get me wrong. I love me some Freddie Mercury. This gimmick always just feels destined to be, like, Santino levels. Not wrong. Also, let's just be honest. She's not her magical girl. I miss Yuka Sakazaki. I want Yuka Sakazaki back so much. Like, God. I miss... I miss anyway, those good Joshis. Yeah, the good Joshis were good, but the good Joshis are sadly busy being good in Japan. Kenny Omega had a graphic that made me really laugh because it just reminded me of why I'm fucking so pissed off at Kenny Omega's booking. What's that? Winner of three straight singles matches. <laughs> Go on. Yeah, this this match happened. It was uh, Kenny Omega and, and Adam Page versus uh, Sean Spears and uh, fucking whoever the other one was. Kip Sabian. Yeah. This was, this was fine. The fuck? Let, let, do you want to just talk about the fucking end of that match? I mean, can we also talk about when Penelope Ford threw that fucking head scissors out on Page? That was cool shit. I was very into Penelope Ford, right? Penelope, I, I was not sure where they were going with this whole Penelope Ford is uh, Kip Sabian secondary here. But now seeing that she's basically just like blonde white lady version of Zelina Vega. All right. Yeah. No. Cool. Let's go. Like, I know her and Joey Janela are not together in real life anymore, but, man, that was a really good pairing. And, like, yeah, Kip Sabian is doing this sleazy thing really well with her, and I'm into it as well, but, 
God, Joey Janela and Penelope Ford was like a perfect fucking wrestling pairing. Well, yeah. But probably not going to be so perfect anymore. Yeah. Speaking of Joey Janela, though. What the... And here's the thing. I I will appreciate that they did pay off a thing where it was like, you know, Sean Spears, during his entrance, he looks to his... The thing is like, wait, where's... Where's Tully? What the fuck? Where's Tully? Oh, well, whatever. I'll go wrestle my match. But within the whole match, I definitely know that I was like, yo, wait, where the fuck is Tully, though? Oscar, where was Tully? Joey Janela tied him up and put tape over his mouth and brought him to the ring in Sean Spears' chair. Joey Janela kidnapped Tully Blanchard for some reason. <laughs> And then brought him to the entrance ramp. Wrestling is wrestling. Fucking wrestling, man. Fucking wrestling. It's so good. Um, Matthew of Botchamania said it best. I'll stop watching wrestling when they invent something better. Yeah. Uh, Again, that. That was really fucking dumb, and I loved it. But of course it also led to Kip Sabian being left alone to get double-teamed by those two. And I guess building up some tension between Omega and Paige? What the... Like, again, what is that story now that Adam Page is no longer in the Elite, but he's still teaming up with the Elite? No idea. So this I mean, isn't that like, also goes into the question of what's the story with Kenny Omega? Yeah, you might say he's a very egregiously misused talent. I don't know. I don't know if I'm willing to go that far. <laughs> you know what? You know what else was a weird thing that I was kind of into. Brandy's promo? Yeah, Brandy's promo! <laughs> I mean, first of all, like, you know, maybe this is gonna just be shitty of me, but whatever, I'll say it. I was really into what Brandy was wearing. <laughs> I I like the fact that they kicked off the promo with Tony Schiavone just going, let's check in on what Brandy Rhodes is doing now. This is weird. It's like, I don't even fucking know. Anyway, here you go. <laughs> Brandy has a bald person now that at first I thought was was Dustin. I thought it was Brandon Cutler. Oh, maybe. I don't know what the no, fuck. No, he looked too wrinkly to be Brandon. What if it's what if it's just one of the female wrestlers in Awesome Cog has all their hair now? Got him. I don't know what the fuck this gimmick is. I don't think it's a good gimmick, but I fucking love it. There's one thing that I know about this gimmick. It is definitely a gimmick. (laughs) This is... This is some dumb bullshit. This is totally my kind of... My brand of bullshit. Yeah, I'm still willing to see where this goes. Yeah! Um, 
I don't, I still don't know what the point of it is. She cut, she talked something about how, like, you, Britt Baker, you talk about your boyfriend a lot, but I talk about my husband because he's my husband and, you know, I, I'm allowed to talk about it because, like, we, we've we're... been married seven years. Yeah. And, like, does Britt Baker talk about Adam Cole on the show? I don't know. Like, I don't get it. I was it, but really I, confused by this. I don't get it, but I fucking love it. Sure. Okay. Maybe I'll have to go back and watch this because I was just mostly just like, what the fuck is happening? No, no, that's, trust me, that's exactly why I loved it. This feels very much like our brand of bullshit. Yeah, no, I'm cool with that. You shall be on it. And then, John, let's play a modification of uh, Pro Wrestling Duckgool's favorite game. Okay. It's AEW Dynamite. Do you care? Yeah. Because but the what, am Bucks, I, what are you asking me if I care about? The Young Bucks are number one contenders. Do you care? You know... Because I, I really sure like as, that match. I sure as hell am like, yeah, all right. The Young Bucks are cool. Um, you know, it's weird. Like, I really like that match a lot. I think that the Young Bucks put on great showing. I thought that, like, that ending, the way that they did that ending totally made sense of, okay, yeah, the Young Bucks, they're they're the number one contenders. But I also totally agree with you in the sense of just, like, when it was over, I was ju- I just kind of felt like, oh, okay, well, now the Young Bucks are the number one contenders. That's cool. It's like, I fucking love the Young Bucks. They probably should be. Like, they deserve to be in a fucking, like, tag team title match. But also, like, I don't know. I, I guess also probably doesn't help that, like, you know, they're moving on to fight SCU. I still think that... I still think that the Young Bucks, like, should have won the titles from the Inner Circle. Like, if they're doing this Inner Circle versus Elite feud, that's how you pay it off. Yeah, I would think that. I mean, that's what I... I would agree with that, too. I would think that it would make more sense to have, you know... I feel like we've been talking about it for a while now. Like... You got the belts on SCU as the inaugural thing. That's a great thing. Now immediately get those belts off of them. Put them on a more interesting team like Proud and Powerful. And then build up the Young Bucks to take it off of them. Instead, it just seems like we're going to get the Young Bucks putting SCU over. Which, alright, that's a thing you can do, I guess. I wish... I I don't know why you'd want to. I wish I was more into SCU... Me too. It's like, I really like Scorpio Sky. Like, I, I really like him a lot, but, you know, and like, I, I love Daniels and Kazarian in theory. In practice, I think they're just, you know, they're just kind of getting old. They can't really keep up anymore. I think SCU is a team I would have been into in like the Ruthless Aggression era. Sure. Like, SCU on, like, 2004-era SmackDown, I'm into it. 
see it. But yeah, Muhammad Hassan. He was like oh six. Was he really that late? Yeah, because he got. Um... Oh God, no! He was oh five that they kiboshed him because of the London bombings. Yeah, I feel like he had to be them because I will say, Oscar, I know this means nothing to you, but and this is how I know about Muhammad Hassan because I was definitely not watching wrestling at the time. He was a well-known YTMND meme. <laughs> okay. The meme was just, here's here's a thing that's happening, and then it immediately gets cut off with his entrance theme. And then the image just, and the image just turns into Muhammad Hassan. All right. That's a good meme. Yeah, it was a good meme. It was a good meme. Maybe it's not a good meme. I can see how that might not have aged well. Well, I mean, it's hard to age well when your thing was never good. A lot of YTMND seems like it's not aged well. Neither has Muhammad Hassan. He's a high school principal now, I think. Good for him. And then, uh... So long as he's not continuing to pretend to be Muslim. Yeah. Or Arabic. I I did like the gimmick. Well, is that it for AEW, Oscar? Yeah, that's it for AEW. We spent way too long talking about this thing because we have no structure this week. We sure don't, because again, like I said, we're fucking tired. This was a really long week for both of us. Never let the two of us host a show tired. Uh, John, was there another show this week? There was another show this week, and let's quickly just talk about some NXT. It was a good episode, although, again, like... The problem here, again, with NXT continues to be that, like, for every part of it that is really good, you have to tamper it with, like, yeah, it's, and it would be even better if we hadn't seen this shit before. Like, say, for example, the opening match, which was a fucking 20-minute bout between Angel Garza and Leo Rush for the Cruiserweight Championship. Okay. Oscar? This match fucking ruled. I I believe it. There's, like, good fucking talent in there. Yeah, this match was, like, really great. And even as someone that doesn't really like Leo Rush, like, this was a really well done and fun match. It's just the problem is, hey, you literally did this match four weeks ago. Yeah, but now... This exact match of Angel Garza challenging for the Cruiserweight Championship, and he was, like, super fucking heel, and, like, doing shit like fucking with Leo Rush's wife, and, like, making comments about his family, and, like, doing a bunch of heel things that, like, you're kind of still acknowledging in this match, but also he's super popular, so you're kind of making him a baby face. John, I have a question. Yeah. Is Leo Rush a fucking face? Leo Rush has been the babyface champion. Why? It's a good question. Like, how is that a fate? In what world is Leo Rush, the most punchable man in the world, a fucking babyface? 
in Triple H's NXT. It turns out. Next question. John, what the fuck is this line that you've written about Shayna Baszler? <laughs> Just to finish up on this. Uh, yeah, this match was really great. There, you know, there were a couple spots that it definitely got a little sloppy. Uh, Angel Garza tried to do Leah Rush's stupid uh, bounce off the bottom rope into a stunner move, and it did not look good. But there were some other really cool spots. Like, I really, there was a great fucking, like, avalanche Spanish fly from the top rope. Not as cool as that Keith Lee Dominic Dijakovic one, but, you know, hey. Still pretty fucking great. Uh, Leo Rush is the first person to kick out of uh, Angel Garza's finisher, but Angel Garza then put him in like a like turned it into like some kind of like full Nelson choke and tapped him out to become the new cruiserweight champion. Okay, and he's like fully fucking over as a babyface now. Sure. Also, part of that is probably because, uh, yo, during one of the commercial breaks, fucking uh, dude came out and gave a speech to the crowd in which he also proposed to his girlfriend. Aww. It was actually really sweet. It's good on him. (sighs) To answer your other question, though, Oscar, uh, why I wrote here is Shayna is an old muscle car and hates Seth Rollins is... Because they had Shayna cut, like, a video promo of just her basically in a garage working on an old car, talking about how, like, all these people are into Teslas now. And fuck Teslas. It's all about, I'm all about these old muscle cars that just, like, they're no nonsense and they will fuck you up. That's me. I'm no nonsense and I will fuck you up. Fuck a Tesla. So, fuck Seth Rollins. The ultimate Tesla boy. (laughs) I can't wait for Seth Rollins to call some rescue workers pedophiles. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Shana, Shana versus Rhea Ripley for the NXT Women's Championship is next week. Alright. I feel like they've done that match. Uh, I mean, they did a couple weeks ago. It was a non-title match, and it... It ended with interference from dumb friends. Sure. But now they're actually doing it for the title. All right. And I have a hot take for you, Oscar. What's your hot I take? I think Rhea's going to win. Yeah, maybe. I think this is the time that they're finally going to take the belt off of Shayna. And then what do they do with Shayna? Well, as I said on the Mothership Daddy this week, uh, my my prediction here is that you take the belt off of Shayna because it makes more sense to have Rhea going into Worlds Collide as the babyface against the heel Kaylee Ray. Shayna debuts in the Rumble and then just gets the AJ Styles push of I'm I debut in the Rumble. I'm just on the main roster now. Book her in a feud against Becky for ma- for Mania. All right. I'd be into it. That way you that way you use the next year to build up four horse women versus four horse women. 
Yeah. Think about it. You mean... I mean, I still think that's a Survivor Series match. Especially if they keep doing... And that's the only reason I think they keep Shane in NXT. Is because... This way you make it a main roster versus NXT Survivor Series elimination match. I don't like it, but i that's what I see happening. Raul Mendoza had a match against Cameron Grimes. Okay. Yeah, that's basically how I feel about it, too. Raul Mendoza won after Kushida stole Cameron Grimes' hat. <laughs> okay. Kushida's cool. I like what you're calling the Forgotten Sons. <laughs> sons of Apathy? It's a good name. For some fucking reason, they did. They had a solo match of Jackson Riker versus Travis Banks for some reason. Well, look. If 2K20 is to be believed, by making Jackson Riker the only Forgotten Son in the game for some fucking reason... He's clearly in line for a singles push. Maybe they just had his model lying around from making a TNA game. Okay, but counterpoint, Blake and Murphy were in the game like two years ago. They haven't modeled Blake's new beard. (laughs) Do unto others. Yeah, I guess Travis Banks is here because, like, they, they want to build up some of the NXT UK stars for Worlds Collide or whatever, but this was strange and didn't really make sense, and I also didn't really care because fucking uh, Jax Riker. And also, clearly, this match got cut short because Travis Banks got cut the fuck open on his eye, and he looked like he was bleeding bad. So it felt like they rushed into a finish where Travis Banks just kind of won on a transitional move and Riker basically kicked out right at three. They did the Hulk Hogan Ultimate Warrior finish. I'm glad that fucking Jackson Riker gets the same pull as Hulk Hogan. The crow flies straight. A perfect line. I'm not sure if this is an Ultimate Warrior thing or a Forgotten Sons thing. It's the Sons of Anarchy thing. (laughs) (laughs) I I wish I liked Sons of Anarchy more. Don't! That show had one amazing season, season two, the one with Henry Rollins... Two very good seasons in one and three. Season four is when it started to go downhill. I, my extent of Sons of Anarchy knowledge is I've watched like most of the first season and wasn't super into it, but was super fucking into the soundtracks. Oh, the soundtracks are fucking great. Like, soundtracks are great in it. Even to the end... I would still... My father loved Sons of Anarchy, and so I would occasionally just peer over and it's like, eh, that Bohemian Rhapsody montage where they're killing everyone's cool. Yep. And that's a good Sons of Anarchy has song. Sons of Anarchy has some moments. Season two, season 2 is definitely worth watching. Henry Rollins as a white supremacist is fucking great. Okay. I know Marilyn Manson was in it as well, I think, as a white supremacist. Oh, I forgot about that. 
Yeah. You can you can watch it season two and then just give up on it. It's fine. Okay. When I Mia went- Yim versus Dakota Kai. First so- of all, they got rid of Dakota Kai's cool ass fucking Titan Tron that was just black and white footage of her murdering fucking uh Tegan Ox. So what's the point? I I didn't know she had that Titan Tron, but that's fucking good. She had that Titan Tron like once and it was fucking hilarious. All right. But anyway, you were asking a question. No, I wasn't. Oh, all right. Well, yeah, they they had their match over their beef over, you know, Dakota Kai murdering fucking Mia Yim to steal her spot at the War Games. I see the thing that you mentioned about fucking Mia Yim and what the fuck they're still doing that. Yeah, they're still they're still leaning into the whole Dakota Kai called her a hood rat thing. Please stop. Just well, just please stop. I'm glad this is the only somewhat racist thing NXT has done this year. <laughs> Yeah, this match was fine. I mean, the problem is still that I don't really... I don't think that that Mia Yim is that great still, admittedly. And Dakota Kai's, like... this Her heel character, they're kind of just... I feel like I already see them starting to book her as the chicken shit heel. <sighs> I feel like I already see it coming. Why can't WWE book, like, literally any other kind of heel? I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah, the ending just... The ending didn't look great. Like, it was basically... uh, Dakota Kai won by... She got the the turnbuckle off. uh, The top turnbuckle off. And and threw fucking... uh, Turnbuckle pad, rather. And and threw Mia Yim into it. Like, throat first. And and got the roll-up that way. But then she just kind of was tired and, and weak and, and kind of lingered around for a while and Mia Yim beat the shit out of her and put her through a table. In a way that looked really dangerous. It looked like they almost fucked it up. All like, right. remember the remember the bad, the the ending spot from the Escalera de la Muerte match where, like, Nick was supposed to go through the two tables and he only went through the one table and it looked real bad? Yep. That basically happened again, except this time, uh, Mia, like, it, it seemed like Mia went, was like a little, she didn't go as far as she should have, but like, she went, she, she was shallow enough that like, they didn't clip the other table, they just like, barely missed the other table, and that's, so it was, it worked out, but, boy, that could have gone real bad. Fuck. But they seem fine, so it's cool. Well, that's good. Um, Brazongo are hot doctors now. Did did they? I mean, look. On the one hand, I'm really glad they have not kept cycling through just all the village people because I realized, oh wait. That gets problematic real quick. Look, they just really like leather, okay? 
Look, I was robbed of my leather daddy Brazongos. Oh, oh, wait, shit. No, I, no, I just realized which village person you met. <laughs> shit. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. The 70s were weird. I, I still remember. Too much cocaine. I still remember that season of Drag Race where they had to do village people drag and the whole time it's like, oh, you're, you're doing that costume, eh? That's a bad one. Oh, you're doing that one, huh? <laughs> yeah. Please, please, please stop wearing native headdresses. Well, you don't have to worry about that because they just had on some, like, doctor scrubs and then just their, their normal gear. They, they, didn't really, they didn't really commit to this bit. They are really are they still it. giving them, like, new music for everything? Yep. That's good. Yep, it's still it's still very funny. Even if I think that this one was the weakest of all of them. Um, but I'm but I love them, <coughs> and more importantly, like even though I don't really give that much of a fuck about the match because, like, come on, they fought the Sing Brothers. Who cares? Like, who actually cares about the Sing Brothers? You got to be fucking kidding me here. But all that said, holy. F- Fucking shit, Fandango is looking amazing. Just like the crazy shit he's doing of just like throwing himself off the top rope, throwing himself to the outside with like crazy fucking elbows, like doing the leg drop again. Fandango looks like he has cared more than he has in fucking years. Well, I mean, it makes sense. He's getting like good stories finally. Like, if honestly, if they wanted to fucking give this Fandango a singles push, like, he looks fucking great. Like, at this point, like, if if he's going to keep doing this shit, like, and you're going to give him a singles push, I feel like they have him, they could easily slot him in, let's say, the Tyler Breeze 2014 role. You mean he gets to wrestle Jushin Liger? Yeah, basically, he gets to be at the top of the card and fucking awesome. Yo, what if what if they what if the reason Minoru Suzuki didn't get to wrestle Kishin Liger is because they're saving it for Fundango? <sighs> be still my heart. Let's go, Fundango Suzuki. Someone must die. Give me a Fundango. No, Fundango Kishin Liger. Oh, wait. I'll do you one better. Fandango Taichi. I'm into it. Only if... Only if it then leads to, um... Taichi joining Brazongo. Yeah, okay. I mean, look. Here's how it's gonna be. It's gonna be... We're gonna have Miho Abe and Tyler Breeze both out there praying for their men... Tai Chi's gonna do his Tai Chi shit uh, Brizongo will do a Phantom of the Opera entrance They could make it work too You know they fucking could It would be great Fuck 
damn it. Now I want to book that. Why isn't that happening right now? <laughs> Fun Dog goes awesome. That's what matters. You have written Bianca Belair is still here. You have huh? written here a note mentioning a person that I have literally never heard of. Caden Carter? Who is that? She is a she's a she's a lady jobber. Okay. She's really good. She's she's very talented. Uh she d- does a lot of like uh high flying stuff. Uh got like some Leisure Libre in her. She's she's fucking great. Um she fought Bianca Belair and that went about as as well as you would expect. Yeah, all right. Kane and Carter Kane and Carter seems cool, but Kane Carter doesn't get to do anything. She is in that Raul Mendoza spot, let's say. Yeah, all right. But also, you know, hey, it's nice to show off Bianca Belair. What the fuck's Bianca doing now? She's just kind of floating around like almost everyone in the women's division right now and most people in NXT right now. Do you think NXT and then the has main like... Event. Oh, do you think NXT has like any future? Or like any now that War Games is done, the next takeover or the next show's what Worlds Collide? Yeah, the next the next show's Worlds Collide. And, and then that's after a that brand is... supremacy survivor series bullshit thing. Sure is. So like realistically, no storylines are going to be advanced until WrestleMania. No. I I think that I think that the problem here is definitely that, yeah, like NXT for a while now is going to continue to have the exact same problem of it's all going to be short, just like the main roster. It's all going to be short term booking. It's all going to be just like booking for the next week because they can't build up stories. What can you really do when? Yeah, exactly. You're going to you're going to be going into the Royal Rumble, like having to build up this brand supremacy show, this Worlds Collide thing. And then after that, you're going to have like, what, maybe three weeks, four weeks to build up to the takeover that they're doing in, in Seattle or Portland, wherever it is. Oh, I forgot that was even happening. Yeah, so they're doing the, the Portland takeover in, like, February, so they're going to only have, like, four weeks to build up to that, and then they'll have, like, you know, a month and a half at the most, like, six weeks to build up to, ma- to take over uh, Tampa. Uh, do you think that they are, I don't know, do you think that they're going to try to do monthly takeovers? I fucking hope not. I think like, that, I think that, that they probably will try and break them off from the from the the main roster stuff, except for maybe like you know they'll maybe still do like Survivor Series and War Games or you know War Games around Survivor Series and and one around SummerSlam. But I could totally see them trying to to break off and do more one separately, like that it would take over twenty five, or what they're doing with Portland. Yeah. I don't know, I just get a dread of, like, monthly takeovers now because it's main roster and we have to provide that. We'll see. I mean, I'm I'm less worried about that one, but I am definitely very worried about the short-term booking and the fact that it seems like they're basically booking for, well, what are we going to do next week? What are we going to do in two weeks? Instead of... What are we going to be doing in, like, three months from now? 
which is, I feel like, something that they've been really good about up until now. Yeah. But speaking of booking for next week, let's talk about the main event, which was Finn Balor versus Keith Lee versus Tomasa Ciampa in a number one contendership for uh, the chance to fight Adam Cole next week. Okay. Oscar, would you be surprised to learn that this match fucking ruled? No, this sounds like a good fucking match. Yeah, who'd have thought the fucking... Tommy Champs and Keith Lee and fucking Finn Balor would put on like an amazing match. Who'd have thought that, right? Yeah. Um. Uh, let me look. I'm I'm happy that Finn Balor is doing shit again. Yeah, and you know, Finn Balor definitely still needs more of a character. His hey. character now is basically. I'm just. I'm just Finn Balor, but I point I point fake guns finger guns at you. Why does he point totally the finger guns, WWE? Anything? Because he's he's bad. He's a bad guy. He's got guns. Bang bang. Does does he have like a club that does guns? No, Oscar. The the problem here that you're not understanding is the only way to stop a bad Finn with a gun <laughs> is a good Finn with a gun. Yeah, AJ Styles. <laughs> no, Killian 9mm, come on! Just fucking do Balor Club. Like, who cares if he's, if he's gonna get cheered? You, you may not have many other opportunities to do this. You know what's pretty cool? What's pretty cool? Tomasa Ciampa deadlifting Keith Lee into a fucking white noise. Holy fuck, that sounds pretty awesome. Yeah, that man is like 350 pounds. And he hit him with, the, I, I think uh, I think Tomasa Ciampa calls it the air raid slam. But it's basically a white noise. No, that, sound, that sounds fucking great. It's fucking wild that he did that also wild was the finish of this match where uh after like there are a bunch of crazy spots too although i will say uh of all the matches on this show nxt once again in this i mean and i guess it's you know it's a a triple threat main event it's gonna be chaotic once again fucking up by having like a bunch of crazy shit happen during the commercial break that you have to watch in like the tiny postage stamp style Picture in picture, uh, and of course it's not going to be on the network when they put the replay up tomorrow. Very cool, thanks, guys. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I really miss the WWE app. I know, like that's the problem here is that like I I miss that like they why don't they just fucking put this shit up there? Like why don't they like put it up for the replays? Like what are they what's the point in not doing that? Like if I'm going to go back and watch an episode of of AEW Dynamite on like their fucking app, why not just have it there for me to see it? I mean, look, I miss the WWE app for other reasons too. They do have some cool promos. But oh, I I remember I, I have very distinct memory of, like, the week before they shut down the WWE app, 
was they were it was like a raw in London, and it was just like during the commercials you could tune in for fun facts about England. Oh yeah, I remember that. And most of them were wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's. There are some really cool fucking creative spots in this match, not the least of which being uh, Ciampa had. Ciampa was going to do the air raid slam on Finn and had him up on his, you know, up on his back in like the white noise position while on the top rope. And then, whoops, Keith Lee fucking electric chairs. Tomasa Ciampa while he has Finn Balor in the fucking air raid slam position and then fucking drops them both. No, like this, this, honestly, this seems like a match that I will probably go out of my way to check out. You should definitely go out of your way to check this out. The finish was really cool. The finish was uh, Keith Lee hitting the spirit bomb after, like, not being able to hit it a bunch of times during the match. Finally hitting a spirit bomb on Tommaso Ciampa. And right as he hits it, Finn Balor just fucking jumps off the fucking top and fucking coup de grace Keith Lee right in his goddamn chest. Fucking Keith Lee gets pinned. Finn Balor is your number one contender. That's really strange. Finn Balor should win, honestly. I just, I wonder what they're doing with that, though. Of, like, you're putting up a heel against your heel champion? Yeah, so Adam is Cole's Finn Balor barely just like a heel. The, is Finn Balor the hyper heel? I think so. Is that Undisputed. how his finger guns work? I think they know that it's, like, Undisputed Era get face reactions. Boom. Um, I still think I think Finn Balor probably should win the title just so that it's like, yeah, no, it made sense for you to go back to NXT because otherwise you're not winning titles here either. Oh man! Look, I love Finn Balor. I love the fact that during the Champions League final. He was just being interviewed drunk out of his mind because he loves Tottenham and Tottenham lost. Poor Finn. Uh, Yeah, you know what? And here's something I'll say, Oscar. I love NXT. I wish it was better. Yeah. But you could say that about a lot of wrestling, to be perfectly honest. Even Dynamite, like, I wish they fixed their problems. Because that's the thing, is that, like, these are both fucking great shows that have all the tools to, like, you know... There's no reason that, like, these shows couldn't be fucking better and couldn't be doing the fucking shit that, like, Raw and SmackDown are doing. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm glad they're not doing the shit that Raw and SmackDown are doing. But I mean the numbers that Raw and SmackDown are doing, not the, you know, horrible garbage television content that they're doing. I Don't mean, do that. That's a, that's maybe, a trap. Maybe that's the way to get the numbers. Maybe they need to start having Velveteen Dream get cut. Or be the cut. Please. He is the cut. He's going to be the, the cucker. Thank you. <laughs> Who does he cuck? Is it Rod Strong? Oni Lorcan. Okay. 
That'll that'll teach you to change your name to Biff Music for a hot minute there. What if? And see, this is now where I need that fan fiction I commissioned you to write two years ago to come back. On that note, <laughs> maybe I'll, I'm, I'm gonna go write that fan fiction. Maybe post it on the website. Make my Patreon dollars work. I think I still, I still have, I still have the 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 basic story idea written down somewhere. I think it's still saved on my phone somewhere. I'll find it. But while I'm looking for that, uh, where can we find you, Oscar? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Osaga the Great, Instagram at Osaga the Great, Twitch.tv slash Osaga the Great. If you look up Osaga the Great on any social media site, odds are you've got me. And I've been your host, John Garvisky Maxwell. You can find me a whole myriad of places on the internet, including Instagram and Twitter at IamJohnGM, Twitch at Video underscore Shames, and... <sighs> Should I just say it? Just say I feel it. weird about saying it. I was going to bring it up if you weren't going to say it. Venmo at IamJohn. Pay the man. <laughs> Pay the man. <laughs> Oscar, John, you got anything fun going on this weekend? Working. Is that fun? No. It's retail if well, coming up on Christmas. All right, fair dues. Well, I have some good news for you. I'm also going to be working and not having fun. Because for $5 to our Patreon over at Patreon.cool, you'll be able to get an episode of Owen and I reviewing fucking TLC this Sunday. Oh, good. You You can look forward to all the great matches that they've revealed. All two of them. This, I yeah. Mean, uh, I guess you could say that this is a real dissever to dismember. Nope, nope. We already did that episode. We already did that one. You have to. Owen has to go repost that. It doesn't exist on the website anymore, but it, it's there somewhere in the ether. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, TLC is this Sunday. Uh, after TLC ends, Owen and I are going to review it, and then Owen is going to post that on the Patreon Monday morning. Patreon dot cool five dollars. You get that episode and all of our other review episodes. And other things. It's great. And, of course, the Mothership is on Monday. Boy, I wish I could give a fuck. Actually, wait. No, I don't. 90 days. Welcome <laughs> back now, you hear podcast was brought to you by the Zonecast Network, executive produced by Owen Douglas. Visit zonecast.com for more shows. 